0: Okay, so hello, this is Coticast, the Care of the Elderly podcast for debate, discussion and analysis of issues relating to geriatric medicine. Uh, I'm Mark Garside, and joining me on this CotyCast are my fellow geriatricians, Dr. Peter Brock. Hello. And Dr. Vicky Gibson. Good evening. So we've been on hiatus for a little while, if you were a regular listener to Cody uh We haven't made any episodes for a few months, but that's because we were busy reflecting and digesting all the feedback that you sent us, and uh, it was useful stuff. Uh, the crux of it was that uh, it went on a bit too long, the previous (laughs) KotiCast. So uh, I think the feeling was that you liked it, thank you, but uh, you liked only a certain amount of it. (laughs) So um, we're trying a new format, so these KotiCasts that we'll be doing over the next few weeks will be shorter, uh, more succinct, and hopefully with uh, more defined uh, points of interest and learning to take away. Today we're going to be asking the question... Do we have an attitude problem towards older patients on hospital wards? And the reason for asking this question uh, comes from a paper published a couple of years ago 2012 by the King's Fund uh, which looked at continuity of care for older patients in hospital. Um there's lots of issues around that. Uh, we'll put the link to the paper itself in the show notes. It's it's worth a read. Uh, it's quite lengthy, so we're not going to uh, get to the crux of all of it in uh, the 10 minutes or so that we've got today. But Let's get the discussion going by just asking that question. Pete, do you think we have an attitude problem towards older patients?
1: I don't think we have an attitude problem. I just think it can be quite a daunting thing to take on. Um, I think the complexity of their treatment and management and the pathway that they have to get through to get through a hospital admission and then out into the community is a skill in itself. And it's something that obviously we're used to dealing with quite a lot. But if it's not something you're used to dealing with, whether you be... Um, the medical team looking after them, the nursing staff, the physiotherapists or the the healthcare team that are involved in looking after them, then it can be challenging, be daunting, and it can be difficult. And I think that's why you see different quality of care for elderly people on different wards. Um, Not because people don't want to provide the best care, but because it's challenging to do so.
2: Hmm. I'm going to be slightly controversial and say, I think there still is an attitude problem. Um, Since I started working 10 years ago, I think it's improved greatly. Um, but I still think there's an issue there and I still think there are factors that need to be addressed. And I think we've gone, we've come a long way in addressing many of these factors and gaining a better understanding of how to deal with our elderly patients on the wards. But I still think there's things there that could be improved on.
0: I mean I suppose a lot of what you're hinting at comes from what happened a few years ago mid-staffs and the subsequent uh, Francis report I and mean, that highlighted a lot of problems specific to the care of older patients. Do you think it's just a case of bringing that to light and making people more conscious about it, more aware of it that's, that's led to the change, led to the improvement?
2: I think awareness is a huge factor and I think education is a major factor as well and um, not just within medical staff but Healthcare, nursing staff, porters, anyone who works in the hospital and out of the hospital as well, as well as the attitudes of um, patients, relatives, um, and thinking about education, even in medical students as well.
0: So, what you're saying really is we need an organisation dedicated to educating people about the healthcare of older patients. That would be lovely, wouldn't yeah, it? <laughs> <I suggested>, yeah, only why it interesting. The purpose of this podcast, by the way, is to uh, encourage genuine debate, not just a self serving thing to promote our own <laughs> educational <laughs> activities. <laughs> Um, but I mean, what sort of things are the problem? I mean, what Pete? What, what have you experienced, sort of, um, at the coalface on uh, on the ground that makes you think that there's a, a problem there?
1: Well, I suppose when we often get called, uh, we get sent a referral and get called in to see elderly patients who have will often have been on a ward for an, for an awfully long period of time, and you feel like you come in and some of the things you suggest. are pretty what we could just consider common sense for how they how they should be looked after um and i think that some specialties maybe which aren't used to dealing with multi-system problems and complex comorbidity um can struggle a bit when the problem that they came into hospital with has been dealt with but then other things have arisen Um, so i think that's that's part of it
2: Yeah, so I was on call yesterday and um, I came across uh, in the differential diagnosis three terminologies which I particularly hate all grouped into one Mm -hmm. and it was acopia, social admission, mechanical fall (laughs) and it just really made me cringe and um, it still exists and I think even, even now we still have to change attitudes.
0: Okay. For people that might be listening to something that we've done for the first time, because obviously we've talked about this before, just remind us why, uh, why is that bad? I mean, cause the argument is, don't get me wrong. I agree with you. I've made these points before. It also makes me cringe when I see them written in the notes. Um, it's, it's, uh, thought of as sort of red rag to a bull, isn't it? For geriatrician, letting those sorts of things, but then often people will shrug their shoulders and just say, I've oh, just been a bit too sensitive. We all know what we mean. Why is it bad to say those sorts of things?
1: Well, it's just absolutely meaningless terminology to start off with. Um, it's it doesn't actually describe what the problem is at all. It doesn't help you get to a solution, um, and it doesn't explain what's going on. So you've effectively think you've written something. You think you've done the job, but actually you haven't helped in any way. Um, you miss. So you can you can look into the actual mortality associated with a phrase like acopia, and you'll see that it's extraordinarily high and um, that um, the underlying problems that bring these people into hospital can be life-threatening and you can miss them if you're um, going to dismiss things with terms like that. And in fact, if other conditions had a similar mortality to people who are labelled with a diagnosis like that, then they'd be big news. But and possibly this is a part of an attitude problem. They're not. Um, And I think that's why we all resent the use of those terms so much.
0: It's sloppy medicine, isn't it, really? It is, yeah. You're just kind of saying, well, that, that person's not managing at home and that's why they're coming into hospital without really getting to the, the crux of it. Yeah, And I suppose that brings us back to the point that you were talking about, the, the complexity uh, often of older patients um, compared to the, the, the system being set up to drive people through into wards mm-hmm. and then out of hospital again quite quickly. Um, and I think... It's, it's difficult for us as uh, individuals unless you happen to be in a particular position of authority or working within a team that uh, controls structural things within organisations. It's difficult to change that. So what sort of things could be done on an individual level?
2: Um, well, I think good mentorships is uh, something that's quite key. Um, I think a lot of people learn their attitudes from people above them. And I think it's it's really important that as uh, registrars or, or senior clinicians that you um you embrace the elderly patients you embrace a diagnosis you embrace metaphorically what they've come <laughs> in with, metaphorically speaking um but you you show your colleagues and your junior team members that um it, you're enthusiastic about managing these patients and that you're not just going with a degree of therapeutic nihilism and and thinking that you can't really solve these issues, whereas there's actually quite a lot to get your teeth into. And if people see their seniors getting excited about this, then they'll do that as well.
1: Because I always pick up, when I see those words, while it is annoying, I do think, well, this is good. I'm going to be able to make myself look clever here because I'm going to be <laughs> able to actually find a diagnosis of a problem rather than a term that doesn't help anyone. And in fact, I can probably make a difference to this patient because I'm I'm going to be able to find something that's brought them into hospital and try and fix it. Um, so I just see it as a bit of an opportunity. Um, not to change the subject completely, but thinking about this, I've just been thinking we focus quite a lot on the medical team and the medical care of these patients. Um, but actually, another problem I always think is the actual setup of the wards that these patients are put onto, as in the physical space that they occupy, the the way that beds and bays are laid out, the, the access they have to things like Um, their own personal belongings, getting to the toilet, things like that. Um, And actually, one of the things that has slightly disappointed me in my career as a trainee and coming up through as a geriatrician is the surprise that geriatrics wards, an awful lot of them still look like every other ward in the hospital Mm -hmm. when we all know that they could be better set up and better adapted for our patients. And I would hope, and I know it's as you were speaking about, some of these things were almost out of your control until you you're very senior, even in management at the hospital, um, that we would have enough ideas on a ward we worked on to be able to adapt it better. Um, I don't know what you guys think about the sort of physical space of the ward itself.
2: Yeah, I mean, I agree. I mean, one of the wards I work on at the moment, we have... Um, a specialist um, dementia unit that patients can go to during the day and it means they're calmer and it means they eat their meals better um, and even on the ward we have those mitts that they can play with um, so people who have delirium and they have buttons on and you know they can fiddle with the bows on them and that sort of thing and I think it's just providing certain things for our elderly patients and, and appreciating that they're unique um, and that they're not all the same and they're individual and addressing those needs. And you can do that from a junior level up, um, you know, just because you can't don't have the power, like Pete said, to necessarily change these things. You can suggest change and you can influence the attitudes of people around you.
0: Yeah, um, I think that that leads us nicely back onto something that was in that Kingsman report uh, from 2012. Um, and uh, I'll just read you a paragraph of it quickly. It says... Um, uh, perhaps most importantly despite any difficulties ordinary human respect kindness and consideration shown on a personal level has an extraordinarily and disproportionately positive impact on the experience of patients and carers and that just reflects what you were saying i think for for me it's about without wanting to uh, to go bleary out and cheesy about it um actually getting to know the people that you're looking after and, um, there's this whole big thing that, that Kate Granger started about using names and saying, hello, my name is and mm-hmm. trying to get away from, um, call, referring to patients by the, the bed that they're in, which, uh, mm-hmm. is another thing that, uh, uh, that, that makes me cringe when I hear it. Um, but, uh, equally, whilst, whilst I don't do that and don't like that, I, uh, struggle with names, remembering people's names. So I, I remember people visually, uh, and what helps me is, when I'm taking history or when I meet somebody, just asking them what they used to do. And often that gives you, that gives you a, a key to remember that person, and it just gives you that bit more of a personal connection with them. Mm. So, you know, the 90-year-old lady in bed three with dementia becomes uh, the retired um, ballet dancer. Um, you know, I've looked after professional footballers. Mm-hmm. I've even looked after an ex-rocket scientist, which is very yes. exciting. <laughs> And it, uh, it maintains your interest as well as that personal connection as well.
1: And there's, there's actually some therapeutic value in it in that while, you, while spending time with these people, you get to understand what their, what their normal is, what their good days and what their bad days are. And it is harder to pick up some of the clinical signs in patients. But if you have spent time with your patient and you can recognize when they're well, you can also recognize easier when they become unwell. Mm. Um, and that really does help you. Okay.
0: Um, Well, we've had just over 10 minutes of discussion. It feels like we've barely scratched the surface, but uh, I think that we've touched on the main important issues, and I hope at least anybody listening to this, we've given some food for thought. I hope you agree with most of what uh, we said. And uh, we're going to wrap up now by uh, answering the question that we started off with, uh, which is, uh, do we think we have an attitude problem? But also, if the answer is yes... I think I know what it might be. If the answer is yes, give us a, one practical tip about what we could do about it. Pete?
1: Well, I still think no. <laughs> um, well, maybe, I, maybe I just hope no. Um, but do I think we have an attitude problem? No. But are there problems with the care of, of patients on wars and hospitals? elderly patients on wars and hospitals? Yes. Um, so could we still have practical tips to improve upon it? Yes, we could. Um so my one tip would, uh, would be, and actually this is for anyone who is a relative of a patient or a patient themselves or anyone speaking to a relative is just to refer you to the Alzheimer's Society website and a fact sheet there called hospital care, um, which actually is a brilliantly written fact sheet on what patients, particularly with dementia can expect when they come into a hospital. And it, it's, it's not an advert. It really is quite honest that there's going to be difficult times for them there and explains um, some of the challenges they might have regardless of what ward they're kept on. But it gives great advice for, um, for people who look, at, look after these patients and uh, for their relatives and their carers on how they can um, try and make the best of that time and, and make it as comfortable for the patient as possible. Um, I bring it up because, one, it's something that you can refer relatives to. But also, if you feel like you're a junior doctor stuck on a ward where no one has any respect for elderly patients, then if you want to start somewhere with some simple things that you can do, um, it's great to have a look at. So we'll pop the link for the website up on related to the
0: Cotycast. Fantastic. Thank you. Thank you. Do so, we have Do we have a problem?
2: I, I, I think we do still have a problem, but I think it can be changed. Um, and I think we're improving. Um, I've got loads of thoughts about solutions and I'd be really excited to hear other people. So please contribute and let us know your thoughts. Um, but the one key thing that I think I'll say is don't think about, and this is this is for everyone assessing geriatric patients, don't think about what you can't do with somebody. Think about what you can do and what you can change. And the next time you see an elderly patient, think about what you can do to improve things, whether it's social whether it's medical, whether it's any of those things, think about what you can change rather than what you can't do with that patient.
0: Um, I'm going to side with you, Vicky. I'm afraid I'm going to add a number P. I th- still think that whilst things have improved, I think there is room for further improvement, and in some places, yes, we do still have an attitude problem. Um, and my uh, one tip, as I've mentioned before, is is find some way to um develop that bond with your patient and get to know them whether it's by asking them what they used to do for a living or um where they live which football team to support anything like that that um key in your mind to help you remember them and to forge that bond Great. Okay. Well, thank you very much to Pete and Vicky for the discussion today. Um, let us know what you think about our new format, CotyCast. There will be more to come. Uh, join in the discussion on Twitter using the hashtag CotyCast um, and you'll be able to find the show notes on the Amy website, which is uk. Until next time then. Bye bye.
2: That's good.